0: So uh, the book of Daniel chapter 10, like I was saying, uh, this is actually a, just an amazing chapter, amazing few chapters, actually 10, 11, 12. Amazing to, to think that we've come already to, to the end of the book of Daniel. And Daniel's coming to the, to the end of his life as we're, as we're reading through it. But we're actually going to read about the final vision given to Daniel. Uh, and, and these chapters, from chapters 10 to 13, um, we're going to see that, that, that the, the vision given to Daniel is going to cover about 300 years ahead of Daniel's time and up until the end times, up until the, the tribulation period, and even after that. We're going to see that uh, a lot of prophecy given in the vision has to do with, with the Grecian Empire, as we're going to see later on. And so uh, some of this A lot of this is actually Going to just be a, a lot of review for us um, We're going to see that, that We're just going to have A lot of uh, in detail About the Grecian Empire um, uh, some, We're going to have Some more detail About, about uh, 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 Antiochus Epiphanies And uh, we're going to have More detail about Those two kingdoms that, that split up once Alexander the Great died And so we're not going to Go into too great of a detail <coughs> We're just going to Kind of grace through it And that's going to be In chapter 11 But chapter 10 Starts off by saying this in verse one it says Now in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat, or wine came into my mouth, nor did I know myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Alright, And so we see that by this time, Daniel, you know, again, he's an old man, uh, probably late 80s, maybe early, even early 90s. Um, the 70 years of captivity have already been fulfilled. We remember the chapter previously uh, that, that we went through. He, uh, Daniel, as he was reading the words of the prophet Jeremiah, he understood that, that that's him and their time is up. The 70 years are almost fulfilled. Uh, their, their, their punishment, their, you know, their, their, their chastisement is almost complete. And, and the Lord's going to allow him to go back to the city of of of, of Jerusalem and rebuild the temple, rebuild the, ball, the walls. And so he began mourning. He began praying for that and interceding for the people. And so by this time, as we're reading now in the 30th of King Cyrus of Persia, the seven years are, are, are already up. And we see that historically, uh, the first wave of Jews began making their way back to their homeland and, and and to the city of Jerusalem. So a lot of action going on right now um, during Daniel's time. Daniel would have been, you know, uh, too old to, to travel. So we see that that Daniel actually actually ended up dying there in, in captivity, no longer captive, you know. But he ended up dying an old man there there in the city of Babylon, and he actually never went back to Jerusalem. He actually never went back to to Israel. But he saw the first wave of people go back, and so the first wave of Jews already began making their way back to their homeland. Um, but now, sadly, only about 45,000 went back to their homeland. You might think, man, that's a lot of people. 45,000 is a lot of people. Um, that's smaller than the than the than the population of LA. That's like even smaller than the population of uh, like Montebello. You know, and so 45,000 out of close to uh, 200,000 people. You know, so just to give you kind of a perspective. So, out of around 200,000 people, probably even more, only 45,000 uh, Jews went back to their homeland. The rest, the rest uh, stayed in Babylon. And so, we see that many of the original captives were either very old by this time or, or they were dead. They were dead. So, now uh, we see that uh, also, you know, some of those that could make the journey, the ones that, that were alive didn't want to make the, the journey because it was a 900 mile journey uh, from, from Babylon all the way back to Jerusalem. We see that, that a lot of the Jews uh, were born in captivity and, and that's all they knew. I mean, it's like, you know, I um, I've I, I had a bunch of friends, you know, growing up that, that were born in TJ Or they were born in Mexico. Their parents brought them here as they were babies, you know, or maybe months old, a few years old. And so they grew up here, you know, they, they don't even speak Spanish. This is all they know. And then, you know, a couple of them ended up getting busted. Two of them that I know ended up getting busted around uh, maybe four years ago and they got deported. And now they're struggling because they don't even speak the language, they don't speak Spanish. It's not their culture. You know, the family that they have here they never met. This is what they grew up with. You know, and the same thing with some of the captives that, that are in Babylon right now. Uh, so once the seventy years were up and they were given the okay to go back to their homeland, uh, a lot of them were born in captivity. You know, a lot of them were were were, were born there in Babylon. That's all they knew, right? That's the, that was their new culture. That was their new. They were used to the food. They were used to the language. They were used to just the the lifestyle. You know, it was it was home for them. So they had no uh, no reason to go back to Jerusalem they had no no desire to even you know even when when we get to the book of Nehemiah we see that Nehemiah was one of those uh who were were born in captivity right he served as a cupbearer for the king but he was born in captivity he had never even seen Jerusalem you know he just heard a word of what was going on in the city and, and he he began to grow a burden for the city even though he had never been there and so we see again a lot of the original Catholics were either old or or they were dead by that time the ones who were still there you know they didn't want to make their journey and a lot of them that that were born in babylon they had no desire to go to jerusalem at all because it wasn't their homeland um many of many of those guys uh had business businesses they had homes um they were comfortable in babylon you know they had settled you know they had settled just like the lord had told them to but they got too comfortable you know and And so once uh, the opportunity came back to go to their their homeland, man, they were just too comfortable in Babylon, right? They were making money. It was a big city that was prospering. Uh, They had their own businesses. They were flourishing. You know, they had their big houses. They had their big families. They were just uh, uh, financially well off. You know, they were prospering. They were just, they, they were too well off in order to go back and start all over. And I, I, was, I was reading this, you know, I was meditating on this and just kind of just going through, uh, you know, some of the, the, the history of, 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 the, of the people, you know, and just, and just digging deep into this. And I, I started just like back on these guys, thinking, man, that was me. I, was, I started putting myself in their shoes and started thinking, man, if that was me and the door was open for me to go back to my home and I would have took that. I would have been on that first wave and, you know, started getting a little puffed up and, and, and just back on these guys. But then I started realizing, you know, that maybe sometimes it's not even a physical go back to this place. Right. Sometimes it's a, it's a spiritual. I mean, we could be there spiritually as well. You know, we're we're so stuck in our old ways, you know, at the, and that, that all of a sudden the Lord is trying to do a new work. And because we're stuck in our old ways, we're like, all right, Lord, you have already been in this ministry. I'm comfortable. You know, I have no desire to, to learn something new, to start something fresh, to get out of my comfort zone, to be poked in the areas that I don't like to be poked in. You know, and, and we could get we could get like that too. You know, where these guys didn't want to leave their city because they were comfortable with their businesses and their homes and all these things. You know, so they didn't want to make make the journey and start all over and go through the hardship and and, and all that and do all the hard work. But we could get like that too, in, in our spiritual sense, you know, where maybe the Lord is calling us to do a new work. You know, to step out to maybe. Uh, uh, even just enter a new area of ministry Whatever it may be spiritually you know, To maybe uh, just do something That we haven't done for Him before And yeah, we could just get so settled in our ways And think man I'm comfortable For what? Right look The Lord's already given me this ministry I've done this I've done that I've been to all these places Right I, I, Now it's my time to just kind of relax you know, And just kind of just You know bask in my glory So to say Right And so for these guys It was like that in the material They were just like Man you know what We have no desire to, to go back uh, more than that They knew that there was a huge task Of rebuilding the city and the temple at hand They knew that man the, the city was in ruins The temple was in ruins The sanctuary was in ruins And they knew that If they went back to their city They were going back to a city uh, To just a bunch of rubble Right? And they knew that, that, that they, they were going back to work It wasn't that they were going to go back there And they had a home to, to settle in That's been just waiting for them this whole time No, what they had was just a pile of bricks And rocks and ashes and so a lot of them knew too that there that was a huge task at hand. And so many just didn't want to bother. Like, man, it's too much work. You know, why leave this, you know, flourishing city? I got my business. I got my whole life set up. Why leave all this to go over there and start all over? Right? And so you could actually read about that in the book of, uh, of, Ezra, uh, of Ezra and Nehemiah. Nehemiah was given the task of rebuilding the, the, the city walls and the city itself. And Ezra was given the task of, of rebuilding the sanctuary, um, the, the, the temple there at Jerusalem. And we see that there in the book of Ezra, even as, you know, you know he, he tells us in detail how hard it was and, and all the hardships that, that they faced. And then when eventually they, they rebuilt that second temple, uh, we're told that some of the original people who saw the first temple, they wept and they were mourning because they said that the glory of the first temple was nothing compared to the glory of, the, of that second temple. And then, so they, they, they wept. You know, so we see that there was just a, a lot of work at hand. You know, there was a lot of work, a lot of work to do, um, and so we see that because of that, we find Daniel mourning. You know, so it's in the third year of King Cyrus of Persia. And then we see that this message was revealed to Daniel. You know, he understood the message. And and this time it says that he was mourning there for three whole weeks. And that's one of the reasons that we believe that he was mourning is because of everything that was going on in the background. Right? We see that he mourned because of the people's lack of desire to go back. This is something that he's been waiting for. He's been counting the days. He's the only one that noticed that the time was up and he began to intercede and pray for the people, pray for the city. You know, intercede on, on their behalf. And yet no one else cared. Right, and so he 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 mourned because of this, you know, because the Jews who did go back, they experienced a lot of opposition and hardship, you know, and so definitely Daniel, he's mourning because of that as well, you know, because as he's seen those very few who 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 did go back, he's seen them suffer, he, and he's seen them uh, go through a lot of opposition and a lot of hardship, and he's probably saying, man, Lord, why, you know, why is this whole, so hard for them? Uh, we see that in Ezra chapter eight, Ezra chapter eight actually records for us, uh, he records uh, for us that it took them four months. Just to get to Jerusalem. So, the, their, their journey from Babylon to Jerusalem took them four months, as Ezra, Ezra tells us in, in chapter 8. And he tells us that they fasted and prayed the whole way because of so much opposition and because it was so dangerous. But the, the whole way that they were journeying to, to Jerusalem, they were fasting and praying. You know? And so, we're told also, um, we can read about it in the book of Esther, that, that those Jews who, who stayed back there in Babylon, which was later Persia, uh, they later faced more opposition. If you're familiar, familiar with the book of Esther We know that, that those Jews who were there Eventually um, this, this man by the name of Haman He began to, to, to just grow envious and, and bitter towards the Jews And he plotted against them to, to have them killed Right And then We see that the Lord used Esther As, as, as a queen You know he, he, he brought her up as queen And, 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 and one of the words of, of her uncle Mordecai To her was, was like Hey you don't know if you were born For such a time as this You know To, to deliver the nation of Israel From, from, from the king's hands Right and then he goes on to tell her, look, if you don't do it, the deliverance is gonna come one way or another. You know, either either through you or God's gonna do it some other way. You know, but who knows if you were born for such a time as this. And so all this is to say, you know, that, that there was a lot of just uh, a lot of action going on in the background, you know, as Daniel is mourning. The captivity the time of captivity is up. Some guys, you know, are journeying on the way to Jerusalem right now, they're having a hard time, others stay behind. Uh, and so is just mourning for all the stuff that's going on. Right? We're told that he mourns for three weeks. And then after those three weeks of mourning, he receives a visit. And it says this in verse 4. It says, Now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked. And behold, a certain man clothed with linen, whose waist was girded with gold, the Uphaz his body was like barrel. Uh, his, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words was like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone when I saw this great this great vision, and no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me. And I retained no strength Yet I heard the sound Of his words And while I heard The sound of his words I was in a deep sleep On my face With my face To the ground And so we'll stop right there And we see that, that, that Daniel again As he's mourning he's, he's, he's praying For those three weeks You know And we see that He sees a vision Of a man clothed in linen uh, He describes him His face As a face with, As lightning His eyes of fire Now A lot of uh, Bible commentators are, 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 are very, uh, um, have mixed, mixed opinions about who this person, who Daniel saw is. Um, some believe that it was the Lord Jesus. Some believe that it was an angel. Um, one, one reason why, why a lot of people believe that this is Jesus is because the description given, given of this man that Daniel sees is very similar to, this, to the description uh, of Jesus that, that John gives us there in Revelation 1, 13 and 15. You remember, uh, as John sees Jesus... Uh, there in revelation 1 50, he says that he describes that again with the stars on his right hand it says that that he was that his face was shining he says that his eyes were like flames of fire and so this is it's, it's a very you know similar description to, to this man that that, that Daniel uh, Daniel sees but uh, me personally uh, uh, I believe that it was an angel that, that that Daniel sees because later on in verse 13 there uh, Daniel 10 if you want to just skip ahead you know we're told that that, that Michael the angel had to go and and help this this individual or this 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 person, right? Because as this person was trying to get it, was trying to make his way to Daniel, he he uh, experienced some opposition from demonic forces, and we're told that Michael, the archangel, had to come and help him. Now we know that Jesus is Almighty. He's mighty. He's He's God. Uh, he is a creator, right? Uh, Colossians tells us that all things were created uh, for him, and through him, and by him, and without him, nothing was created. Uh, you know that, that 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 exists, and so. And we see that there's no way that, that Jesus, if this figure was Jesus, we know that there's no way that Jesus could have been opposed by these demonic forces, right? And then had to have, had to have Mar, uh, Michael the archangel come, come and help him out. Uh, we're told in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 19, and they're at the battle of Armageddon, you know, that as as Satan with all his demonic forces and all the kings of the earth, as, as they raised up to to make battle against against the Lamb and, and, and his saints, we're told that the Lord just with a, with a few words, there's no battle at all in, in Revelation chapter 19. The battle of Armageddon lasts like two seconds because Jesus just says the word and all of a sudden, boom, that's it, he's defeated, right? And so if, if Jesus could, could defeat... Uh, Satan All his demons Which are probably Billions upon billions And then all the kings Of the earth With just a spoken word Of his mouth Then there's no way That he could have Received opposition here From these demonic forces And so that's why I believe that it was An angel that, 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 that Daniel sees uh, Maybe some type of You know of high ranking angel We know that there's Different types of angels There's seraphim There's, there's uh, cherubim uh, There's archangels Like Michael and Gabriel Are, 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 are archangels uh, We see many descriptions Of angels In the bible Right and, and uh, for example in Isaiah chapter six, as, as Isaiah sees these these seraphim, you know, he calls them burning ones. You know, he describes them again with the uh, six wings to that cover their eyes, to that cover their feet, to cover, and with two that they fly. You know, but he calls them burning ones. All right, and so he doesn't tell us right there. You know, but just certain, the the name themselves tells us that they'd be you know just bright and shining uh, um, uh, individuals. All right, and so that's why I believe that, that this is an angel that that, that Daniel sees, and so. Um, we see that Daniel was probably looking again at, at a high-ranking angel and then he says this he says and I alone saw the vision And so we're told that that he had other guys with them You know, so Daniel was with other men uh, probably other government officials keep in mind that, that, that Daniel was still an, a government official He hadn't you know, there was no retirement or pension for these guys So they pretty much just served in their office until until they, until they were dead until they were dead and someone else took over the spot and so Daniel was probably working, he was probably, you know, maybe on a on a work trip or something. And as as he's with these other uh, government officials or other co-workers, it says that he sees his vision, but he says that he alone saw it. Right? We're told that the other guys couldn't see the angel, but they heard his voice and they were fearful. They were so they were so scared that we that were told that, that they had to go and, and hide. But we see that Daniel, as he saw this, said that he became weak as well. You know, and we're told that that uh it says that he he couldn't hold it, he couldn't hold it. Uh, any strength he says there was no strength remained in me for my vigor was turned to frailty I meaning like he just became weak you know he became weak at he became just weak all over right and so this experience drained him I mean it was so glorious it was so powerful that as he's having this vision as he's seeing this angel as he's hearing his voice uh, he was just drained completely right and so it says in verse 10 it says and suddenly a hand touched me which made me tremble on my knees and on the palm of my hands and he said to me, O Daniel, man, greatly beloved, understand the words which I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Right, so here's Daniel, he's standing in the presence of his angel. And it says there in verse 12, Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia Withstood me 21 days And behold Michael One of the chief princes Came to help me For I had been left alone There with the kings of Persia Now I have come uh, To make you understand What will happen to your people In the latter days For the vision refers To many days Yet to come And so Daniel says He says As Daniel is on his face The angel puts His hand on him Right And notice what he says He says From the first day That you humbled yourself your words were heard. That's amazing. That's amazing because we can really learn a lot from Daniel about persisting in prayer. Right? I man, Daniel is a, is a man of prayer. You know, and, and we could really just take a lot of notes, you know, and, and really just glean from his prayer life. We see that from the moment he started praying, an angel was sent to give Daniel an answer. From the very moment. Not towards the end, not towards the middle, but just from the very moment that he set his heart to pray. You know, the angel was sent out to give Daniel an answer. Now, the question is, if the angel was sent right away, uh, then why did it take three weeks to get an answer? You know, was is heaven that far away from Earth? You know, was the angel you know maybe not as fast, or he couldn't fly as fast? Uh, we know that angels they're, they're 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 spiritual beings, but yet you know angels are unique because they can enter into time, right? They could be in heaven when you're worshiping God in you know, eternity, and they could step into into our time our time zone into into our realm of of time or you know of, of limitations. And so in uh, theological terms, there are what's called the uh, abbey eternal, meaning that they could go from eternity into our time. they' abbey eternal. You know, they could going in and out of time, right? as a where to God, God is eternal. He's, he exists outside of time. And so we see that this angel was, was sent to Daniel, but it took him 21 days. He says, "Hey, from the very moment you, you, you purpose in your heart and you humbled yourself, and, and, and you purpose in your heart to, to, to pray and to seek God." He says, "I was sent." And so, if you were sent right away, why did it take three weeks to get an answer? Well, the angel tells us that, that the prince of Persia withstood me. Now, when he says the prince of Persia, he's speaking about an evil angelic being, you know, a demon. And we're told, you know, that Michael is, is, uh, is described as a prince, you know, as, as, as a prince Michael. Um, there in Ephesians chapter 6. You know, as, as Paul ex, is, is expressing and, and describing the, the, the armor of the spirit, the armor of the believer, uh, he goes on to say, for we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities, right? The same word, princes, principalities, you know, with these dark rulers and heavenly places. And so what Paul tells us in the New Testament is that within de- demons and angels, that there's rankings of demons and angels. And so we see that this, this, uh, th- this, this prince of Persia that, that, that the angel is speaking of, you know, and the Daniel tells us about is actually a demon you know and so we see that it's actually this demon who was I guess in charge of the whole region of Persia right maybe influencing the, the king of Persia influencing those uh, evil rulers just influencing just the, 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 the things that, that go around there in the city right and so this tells us that there is a spiritual battle going on in the unseen world around us uh, there's literally a battle of good and evil surrounding us 24 7. From, you know, the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep to even while you're sleeping, there's a spiritual battle going on, right? It's like if the Lord, if the Lord would just allow us to see what's going on in the unseen, man, they would be amazed, you know, at just how much uh, uh, evil that goes on in the world is attributed to to, to the demonic, I'm not saying Oh everything is Satan Everything is Satan I mean A lot of it comes because of Our just sinfulness Because of our (laughs) stupidity sometimes Right That that, that bad things happen But at the same time There is this element Of just a spiritual warfare That's just going on At all times Right The Bible tells us That that, that Satan is The prince of this world He's the god of this world And at the same time uh, uh, The whole world You know It tells us In in the book of Psalms You know that, 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 that That the whole earth You know Belongs to the Lord And so there's just this Uh this constant just uh, warfare going on, right? But we see that, that this angel says that Michael the archangel has come uh, in for backup. You know, So he has to call the, the big guns, Michael the archangel. And so Michael the archangel comes in you know and i mean it, to think yeah, that, that that's how strong this specific demon that was the prince of Persia was that that this other angel couldn't couldn't withstand him right you couldn't you couldn't fight against them and he had to call in michael the archangel to come in, and help him out you know to and to and to have his back and so that's that's how strong this demon was right and definitely you know there's there's uh there's a seriousness to this right i mean I, I mean, we can admit that, that that we're no match for the demonic. We're no match for 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 any you know any the, the demonic beings apart from the power of Jesus Christ, apart from the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us, apart from from the from the uh, empowering work of the Holy Spirit and the authority that the Lord gives us. You know, through uh, us being called His children. Now, you know, then we have. There's no way we can stand against any demon, right? Um, and so we see that along with that. I mean, <laughs> this kind of just shows us the important. The importance of just praying for our cities as well and and where we live. I mean, we hear about like a lot of, you know, gang violence, a lot of gun violence, a lot of just uh, just evil things that happen in our cities. And we think, ah, just this generation's messed up. Yeah, that's part of it. But a lot of it has to do with just the demonic warfare that's going on, right? And just imagine demons just just trying to set things up all the time, influencing people, you know, uh, kids and, and people who just open the doors to that stuff because of what they're involved with, you know, witchcraft. Um, 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 drugs All these things And so they, they're they giving themselves You know Over to, to the demonic You know To be influenced by the demonic And that's a lot That's a lot of uh, The reasons why Some of this stuff happens Right And so this kind of shows us The importance of, of Praying for our cities You know Praying for our neighborhoods You know The throne would, would, would Help us to reach our neighborhoods Right And I mean No doubt All the violence and evil things That go on Have something to do With the spiritual battle Going on in the unseen It's not 100% But it has A lot to do with it Right And so Notice what he says. He says 21 days The prince of the kingdom of Persia Which stood me That's interesting He says, he says a specific time and He says Look man From the moment you started praying I was sent out But for 21 days I had to do battle with this guy Until, until, until Michael came And he helped me out For 21 days Now that, that, see that's interesting Because How long was Daniel praying for? It tells us There in verse 3 That he prayed for 3 Whole weeks Meaning you know 7, 14, 21 and so so he, Daniel prayed for 21 days And this angel was, was, was battling the demon for, for 21 days And so that tells us that there's some sort of link Between Daniel's prayers And the victory of the angels over the demonic I don't know how to explain that I, I, I mean I can't go too much into, into detail Because I, 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 I truly don't, don't know how, how to explain that It's uh, just kind of this, this, this mystery but, but we see that, that there is a direct correlation Between our prayers and the answers to our prayers Right, and in this sense, uh, in Daniel's, Daniel's case, uh, his prayers and and the, and the strength, you know, and the strength and the victory given given to to this other angel. So we don't know exactly how that worked, but we see that the Lord uses, you know, his forces along with our prayers that they go hand in hand. Right? Don't ask me to explain it. I'm just, I just pray man I don't try to understand it I just pray right? There's all these questions That come up about prayer Well if God knows What we're going to ask for Then why should I pray Well if God knows everything Then you know What's the reason to pray If he's going to Make it happen He's going to Make it happen no matter what Right and now boy, if It's, it's actually okay, came, man Just these mysteries in prayer Right I know that The Lord desires for us to pray I know that, that, that The Lord desires for us To come to him To our petitions You know I know It does something in our heart More than just God hearing our, our, our voices Or our thoughts It does something in our hearts I love spending time with the Lord in prayer, man, because it just knits me together with the heart of the Father. Yeah, I'm praying for my petitions. Yeah, I'm praying for other people. Yeah, I'm praying for other things. But more than that, I'm spending time with the Lord. And I think more than anything, more than hearing our petitions, more than hearing what we have to say, more than uh, hearing us praise Him, I think the Lord just wants that, to spend time with us, right? And he wants to do something in our heart as we spend time with Him through prayer. And so we can really learn a lot from, from Daniel's prayer life. So it goes on to say there verse 15, it says, When He had spoken such words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. And suddenly one, having the likeness of the sons of men, touched my lips and I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to Him who stood before me, My Lord, because of the vision, my sorrows have overwhelmed me and I've retained no strength in me. I'm just weak. I'm I'm undone. For how can this servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me now, nor is any breath left in me. Then again, the one having the likeness of a man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, O man greatly beloved, fear not, peace be to you, be strong, yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Then he said, "Do do, do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have come, when I've gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. No one upholds me against these except Michael your prince. And then chapter 11 says. Also in the first year of Darius the Mede. I even I stood up to confirm and strengthen him. And now I will tell you the truth. Behold three more kings will arise in Persia. And the fourth shall be far richer than them all. By his strength through his riches. He shall stir up all against the realm of Greece. Then a mighty king shall arise. Who shall rule with great dominion and do according to his will. And when he has arisen, his kingdom shall be broken up and divided toward the four winds of heaven. But not among his posterity, nor according to his dominion with, with which he ruled. For his kingdom shall be uprooted for even for others besides these. Let's start right there. And so we see that, that Daniel hears the, the prophecy spoken by the angel. Right, He's weak. And then we see that that, that the angel strengthens him. And and then, as he strengthens him, Then Daniel is able to hear the prophecy spoken by this angel. And we see that as Daniel hears the words, he says, Man, it's too much for me. You know, he said, It's too much for me. He says It's too much for me to handle. Right? And so he becomes speechless and in pain. I mean, he's just completely undone because of what he just heard. You know, keep in mind, again, Daniel's an old man at this time. There's so much already going on in the background. Now, all of a sudden, he receives this vision, this prophecy. And for him, it's just too much. Now, you know, knowing what, everything that Daniel's been through in his life at this point, having received all those other prophecies, all those other visions, having just uh, seen what he's seen, what he's seen in his lifetime, then for him to just be completely undone without strength when he sees this, I mean, it would have impacted him just greatly, right? So we see that the angel strengthens Daniel and he continues speaking with them. And he gives Daniel a prophetic word. And he tells him, four more kings will arise in Persia, and the fourth will be the strongest and he's actually speaking about King uh, Xerxes, Xerxes, and then he tells him, "Then a mighty king, which he's talking about the Grecian king uh, Alexander the Great." He says, "A mighty king whose kingdom is going to be divided to the four winds." You know, says uh, uh, after his death. Now we know because of our previous studies and because of just history, and you know, we've gone over this a couple of times. So I'm not going to go too much into detail, but uh, we know because of our previous studies that that, that these that these four kings that, that he's talking about so that his kingdom is going to be divided into four parts, right? Four winds. We know that that, 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 the, that the Grecian kingdom under Alexander the Great, uh, when he died, he had no one to leave it to, right? Um, and so it was divided amongst his four generals. And so this is what what, what the angel is telling him again. He said, like, look, it's going to be divided into four parts, right? And so that's what he's talking about. And so uh, verse five, uh, verse five is actually going to, I'm going to read just a huge portion of it, and then I'm just just touch on it again. I'm not going to go too much into detail, but it's going to be pretty much describing the conflict between uh two kingdoms: uh, a kingdom of the north, which is going to be the the Seleucids, and then a kingdom of the south, which is going to be the the, the Ptolemies. Now. When Alexander the Great's kingdom was, was divided into four parts, you know, it was given to those four generals. Uh, two of them, uh, one of them was named Seleucus, the other one uh, Ptolemy. And so those guys actually became great kingdoms of the north and the south. And then they later had conflicts and their kings ended up ha- having conflicts for pretty much up until Rome came and, 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 and came on the scene and, and, overtook, uh, and, and overtook the scene as, as a world-governing empire. And so this, these next few verses and this, this, this next portion, really the whole, all of chapter 11 is going to talk about this, this, this conflict between these two kingdoms, which is why I'm saying that I'm not going to go too much into detail. And uh, so we're just going to go read through it. So I'm going to read from 5 to 28. It says, also the king of the south shall become strong as well as one of his princes, and he shall gain power over him and have dominion. His dominion shall be a great dominion and at the end of some years they shall join forces. For the daughter of the king of the south shall go to the king of the north to make an agreement. But she shall not retain the power of her authority and neither he nor his authority shall stand. But she shall be given up with with those who brought her and with him who begot her and with him who strengthened her in those times. But from a branch of her roots one shall arise in his place who shall come with, with an army... Uh, Enter the fortress of the king of the north and deal with them and prevail. And he shall also carry their gods captive to Egypt with their princes and their and their precious articles of silver and gold. And he shall continue more years than the king of the north. And verse 9 says, Also the king of the north shall come to the kingdom of the king of the south, but shall return to his own land. However, his son shall stir up strife and assemble a multitude of great forces, and one shall certainly come and over overwhelm and pass through then he shall return to his fortress and stir up strife and the king of the south shall be moved with rage and go out and fight with him with the king of the north and so here's the beginning of this conflict between the north and the south he says who shall must who shall muster up a great multitude but the multitude shall be given into the hand of his enemy when he has taken away the multitude his heart will be lifted up and he will cast down tens of thousands but he will not prevail for the king of the north will return and muster a multitude greater than the former, and shall cert and shall certainly come at the end of some years with a great army and much equipment. And so, keep in mind you know, that what we're reading about is not talking about the the, the nation of Israel; it's talking about this uh, the, the the Gentile uh, nations of, of of the Seleucids and and, and the Ptolemies, right? The kingdom of the north and the south, uh, two parts of, of, of what was. Uh, The kingdom of of Greece that was divided up into four. And so it goes on to say in verse 14. Now in those times, many shall rise up against the king of the south. Also, violent men of your people shall exalt themselves in fulfillment of the vision, but they shall fall. So the king of the north shall come and build a siege mount and take a fortified city. And the forces of the south shall not withstand him. Even his choice troops shall not have no strength to resist. But he who comes against him shall do according to his own will and no one and no one shall stand against him he shall stand in the glorious land with destruction in his power he shall also set his faith to enter the to his face to enter with the strength of his whole kingdom and upright ones with him thus shall he do and he shall give him the daughter of women to destroy it but he shall not stand with them or before him after this he shall he shall turn his face to the coastlands and shall take many but a ruler shall bring the reproach against him to an end. And with the reproach removed, he shall turn back on him. Then he shall turn his face toward the fortress of his own land, but he shall stumble and fall and not be found. So again, I'm going to go over it once we finish reading, but pretty much we're reading just this back and forth. You know, and so between this kingdom of the north, which was the Seleucids, and this kingdom of the south, there was this conflict that started and it just, it went on. It went on for over a hundred years, just back and forth, back and forth. And that's really what we're reading about right now. And so it says in verse twenty. Then there shall rise in his place one who imposes taxes on the glorious kingdom, but within a few days he shall be destroyed, but not in anger or in battle. And in his place shall arise a vile person to whom they will not give honor or royalty. But he shall come in peaceably and seize the kingdom by intrigue. With the force of a the flood, they shall be swept away from from before him and be broken. And also the prince of the covenant. And after after the league is made with him he shall act deceitfully for he shall come up and, and become strong with a small number of people he shall enter peaceably even into the richest places of the province and he shall do what his fathers have not done nor his forefathers he shall disperse among them the plunder spoil and riches and he shall devise his plans against the strongholds but only for a time verse 25 says, He shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south with a great army. And the king of the south shall be stirred up to to battle with a very great and mighty army. But he shall not stand, for they shall devise plans against him. Yes, those who eat the portion of his delicacies shall destroy him. His army shall be swept away, and many shall fall down slain. Both these king's hearts shall be bent on evil, and they shall speak lies at the same table, but it shall not prosper, for the end will be... Uh, at the appointed time while returning to his land with great riches his heart shall be moved against the holy covenant so he shall do damage and return to his own land let's stop right there and so I know it's a lot to take in and so we see that uh, that that, that Ptolemy uh, the first had a prince named Seleucus and so Ptolemy was one of the guys in which you know he was one of the generals who received uh, uh, one of the four parts of the kingdom of, uh, of, of Greece and so this guy Ptolemy had a prince under him named Seleucus who uh, eventually rose up to power and took dominion over the region of Syria you know and he became the uh, more powerful than his former Egyptian ruler and so the Seleucids are identified with the kings of the north and so it's this people group the Seleucids you know that that are considered the king of the north and the Ptolemies were the kings of the south and so they fought for about 130 years and, I mean, the only reason that, that their conflict is, is even mentioned with, with such great detail is because caught in the middle of this whole conflict, caught in the middle of this, of this back and forth, is the nation of Israel. Because even just between the north and the south of their kingdoms, uh, Israel was right smack in the middle. And so as these guys were having conflict, as these guys were, were going back and forth, uh, Israel was, was smack dab in the, in the middle of it all, right? And so interesting that this is, again, I mean, man, the Lord gives Daniel this prophecy with just such great, great detail, you know that this is one of the chapters that, that that you know that skeptics love love to just uh, poke at and 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 pick at, right? And 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 question and even say that man, it wasn't it wasn't uh, originally given to Daniel because of just this, the 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 awesome the great detail that that the Lord gives us. You know about what's going to happen. I mean, there's only only God could have known. What was going to happen with such great detail. Only God could have explained this back and forth. Only God could have explained that it was going to be divided into two, that one was going to become stronger, uh, that one was going to give his daughter up to marriage, that eventually they were going to go back, and all this stuff that's happening. I and mean, keep in mind, you know, that, 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 that Daniel has, has no idea what's going to happen, right? He doesn't even know that, 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 that uh, or he, he hasn't even seen uh, Alexander the Great yet, right? He, he hasn't seen all this stuff happen. So all this is just, man, probably overwhelming for him as well. But Just amazing how the Lord just gives us such great detail, right? There's a there's a verse in I believe the Book of Isaiah where where God speaks to to His people and He says He says, "Look, so so you will know that I'm God Almighty, and so so you know that I'm sovereign over the whole earth. Is I'm going to tell you things that are going to happen before they happen, so that you know that I am God Almighty, you know, ruler of heaven and earth. And this is what God is doing, you know that man. Only God could could do this, right? Only God could 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 give us. These things in such great detail, and so again, as these two kingdoms are going at it, we see that out of those two kingdoms, uh, uh, Antiochus the second then took back his former wife. um Oh, sorry, let me backtrack. And so again, the only reason that that, that, that they're that they're even mentioned is because is right in the middle of it. And so we see that uh, amongst you know this this conflict, we see that there was a marriage between uh, Antiochus the second. Uh, which is, you know, of the Seleucids, and, and, and Bernice, which is one of, the, one of the daughters of Ptolemy II. And so there was a marriage between a, a daughter of the North, and I mean, a king of, of the North, and a daughter of the South, right? That's kind of like establishing this peace treaty. And so to establish this peace treaty between the North and the South, you know, um, uh, Antiochus II married Bernice, which is one of the daughters of Ptolemy II. And Antiochus II, Later, took, uh, So once Ptolemy once II died, uh, he actually took back his former wife by the name of uh, Laodicea or something like that. Um, and so he took back his former wife who then had him poisoned and, and, and she set her own son on the throne. So just again, a lot of conflict, a lot of, just, a lot of things that, that, that's going on here. And then eventually Antiochus III would become king of the north and defeat the south with the help of some of the Jews living in Israel. And we see that he would later turn on them and attack the Holy Land. And so uh, they were actually deceived, you know, he, he spoke good words to them. He said, look, man, help me out. I'm going to help you guys. I'm going I'm to take care of you guys. But he ended up uh, turning his back on them and, and he, and, and he and it, it ended up being worse for them. Verse 21 actually speaks about Antiochus Epiphanes, uh, who, would, who would come into power by killing his own brother. Notice what it says there in verse 21. It says, and in his place shall arise a vile person. That's Antiochus Epiphanes, who we read about a few chapters ago. It says, to whom they will, give, uh, they will not give the honor, the honor of royalty. And it says that, that, that they didn't give him the honor of royalty because they didn't really consider him the king because his brother was supposed to be the king. He actually killed his brother in order to come into power. Right? And it says, but he shall come in peaceably and seize the kingdom by intrigue. So by, by smooth talking. Right? And so verse 21 speaks about Antiochus Epiphanes who would come into power by killing his brother. Uh, he would then be defeated by the southern king, uh, which is Egypt, with the help of Rome and be overthrown completely. Right? And so it says there in verse 29, it says, At the point time he shall return and go toward the south, but it shall not be like the former or the latter. For the ships of, Cyrus shall, of Cyprus shall come against him, therefore he shall be grieved and return in rage against the holy covenant and do damage so he shall return and and show regard for those who forsake the holy covenant and forces shall be mustered by him and they shall defile the sanctuary fortress and they shall take away the daily sacrifices and place there the the abomination of desolation those who do wickedly against the covenant he shall corrupt with flattery with, with, with flattery but the people who know their god shall be strong and carry out great exploits and those of the people who understand shall instruct many. Yet for many days they shall fall by the sword and flame, by captivity and plundering. Now when they shall when when they now when they fall, they shall be aided with a little help, but many shall join with them by intrigue, and some of the of those of understanding shall fall, to refine them, to purify them, and to make them white until the time of the end, because it is it is still for an appointed time. And it says then the king shall do according to his own will. He shall exalt and magnify uh, his own will. And shall, he shall magnify himself above every god. Shall speak blasphemies against the God of gods. And shall prosper till the wrath has been accomplished. For what has been determined shall be done. He shall regard neither God, neither the God of his fathers nor uh, the desire of women. Nor regard any god. For he shall exalt himself above them all. But in their place shall he shall honor a god of fortresses. And a God which his fathers did not know, he shall honor uh, with gold and silver, with precious stones, and with pleasant things. Thus he shall act against the strong, the strongest fortresses with a foreign God, which he shall acknowledge and advance its glory. And he shall cause them to rule over many and divide the land for gain. I'm just going to read through the whole, the whole chapter. It says, verse 40. At that time... At the time of the end of the king of the south shall attack him. And the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots, horsemen, and with many ships. And he shall enter the, the countries, of, the, the countries overwhelm them, and pass through. He shall also enter the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown. But these shall escape from his hand, Edom, Moab, and the prominent people of Ammon. He shall stretch out his hand against the countries, and, and the land of Egypt, Egypt shall not escape. He shall have power over the trust the treasures of gold and silver and over all the precious things of Egypt also the, the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall follow at his, at his heels but news from the east and the north shall trouble him therefore he shall go out with great fury to destroy and annihilate many and he shall plant the tents of his of his palaces between the seas and the glorious holy mountain he shall come and he shall come to his end and no one will help him now Interesting that you know there's a lot, again a lot of a lot of information here uh, given us, right? But we know that Antiochus Epiphanes, you know, he's he. We were told that he returns to Israel in rage and he defiles the land. So after he's defeated by, by, by the king of the south, by Egypt, uh, this actually happened historically. So after he was defeated, he returned back to Israel and rage, just anger and anger and angry and rage began because he had been defeated, just uh, just full of, of of rage and wrath. And we're told that Antiochus Epiphanes, he returns to Israel and he defiles the land. Now, we talked about this a few chapters ago. This was actually fulfilled when Antiochus Epiphanes returned from Egypt. Uh, He was bitter from defeat and he vented his anger against Jerusalem and against the Jews. Um, And keep in mind that, that Jerusalem was already shaken because Antiochus had sold the office of the high priest Right. he had defiled the priesthood, and instead of you know of allowing the Jews to set up their own their own high priest like they always did, uh, Antiochus actually sold the position of high priest to the highest bidder. So whoever had the most money, they could be the high priest, whether they were corrupt, whether whoever it was, right? And so they had to obey this. So the people of Israel were, were already like shaken up by this, and all of a sudden this guy comes in, you know, just uh, full of wrath and begins to to just bring destruction upon the city, upon the people. Um, we see that, that, he, that he persecuted the, the Jewish people and, and he, he, he tried to make them conform to, their own, to his own Greek culture. Uh, he had them stop being circumcised. He had them stop you know, observing the, the, the sacrifices in the temple. Uh, he was trying to get rid of any Jewish uh, 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 roots, any Jewish you know, veins that they had still in them. He was just trying to get rid of their culture and the people completely. Right? Uh, he was trying to get them to forsake their faith and, their, and the, tra- the traditions of their fathers. And that's when he offered a pig on the altar, and and we're told that uh, history tells us that as he offered this pig on the altar again, he cut it open and he and he and he took out all its juices and he started spreading it up, up against uh, 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 on all the walls, right? Uh, therefore, defying the temple. And now, at that time, many Jews forsook God. They forsook God for fear of this man, right? He pretty much gave him an, an ultimatum, uh, similar like the Antichrist is going to do in the in the in the tribulation period. He's gonna say, hey man, get this get this mark or or, or and reject God or, or die. All right? And so this is actually what Antiochus Epiphanes did is that as he was defiling the temple, the priesthood, the whole nation of Israel and their and their culture, uh, many people actually forsook God in the midst of all this, you know, and they would rather save their own life, save their own skin, and then, than to profess God and die. And so many many Jews forsook God for fear of this man, you know. But many stayed strong in their faith, we're told. You know, history tells us as well. Now Starting from verse 36 uh, when it says that the king shall do according to his own will. He shall exalt and magnify himself above every god. will speak blasphemies against the god of gods and shall prosper in his wrath uh, until his wrath has been accomplished. That is actually, that was never, uh, and it was never fulfilled by Antiochus Epiphanes. And so within scripture, you know, there's, there's sometimes these scriptures that have this double meaning Um I believe it's called the, the law of double mention or the law of double... There's, there's, there's an actual term for this, you know, in, 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 in hermeneutics. Uh, when, when a scripture is given, it is actually be, has, has two fulfillments. Uh, for example, in Isaiah, that the prophecy that's talking about, about John the Baptist, right? About Elijah. And so uh, in Isaiah, uh, Isaiah tells us that, that, that Elijah will come before the coming of, of the Messiah, Right, and then as, as John the Baptist came, many people were, were asking him, yeah, are, "Are you, are you, are you Elijah the prophet?" Right, and so his answer was, "Look, I'm not the Messiah. I'm just, you know, I'm not even worthy to untie his shoelaces." And then many people asked Jesus, "Hey, man, was that prophecy concerning John the Baptist?" And, and Jesus said, "If you're able to receive it, then yeah, it was." And so we see that 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 that, that, that prophecy in Isaiah, you know, is referring to uh, during the tribulation period. There's going to be a uh, 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 two witnesses one of them is going to be John the, uh, is going to be uh, uh, Elijah the prophet keep in mind that Elijah the prophet never died he was uh, taken up you know, into a chariot of fire so he's going to come back in the last days and so this prophecy in Isaiah was talking about Elijah who's going to come in the last days but it also applied to John the Baptist and his ministry you know, as a forerunner to the Messiah and his first coming and so this is one of, the, one of those uh, scriptures that has this double meaning Right, and so it's attributed to to Antiochus' Epiphanes But if we read it closely, we see that a lot of the things that, that are attributed to him, he never did. And so it's actually talking about about the Antichrist, right? This was fulfilled when um, we see that uh, again. That, 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 that many believe that he will be, you know, that that this is actually talking about the Antichrist, and it really is, it really is. And now notice some of the things that it says. It says about this person, about the about the Antichrist. Here we're giving just specific details about him. Uh, it says. Then verse 37, it says, He shall regard neither the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women. Many people believe that, that, that the Antichrist is, is going to be a Jew uh, because it says because it says that he will not regard the, the God of his fathers. Uh, it, it means that he's going to stray away from the Jewish faith, right? But it could also be that, that meaning he's going to just bring in a whole new system of religious worship. Right, and and that's I'm I'm leaning more t- towards that. Uh, I don't think that the Antichrist necessarily needs to be a Jew. Um, and they're going to declare him as Messiah, but but because he's going to establish a peace treaty. But we're told that in there in the Book of Revelation that he's going to establish this new uh, religious system of worship. You know, the Bible uh, refers to it as the Great Harlot Babylon, and so he's going to bring in this new religious system that 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 no one has has ever seen before. Right, as they worship the Beast and his image, and so. We're told here that he will regard neither the god of his fathers, and then notices, this, nor the desire of women. A lot of people believe that uh, Dante has will actually be a, a homosexual because that he's not—he's not gonna desire—he's not gonna have the desire of women, right? And so, a lot—it's—it's. It's, I mean, we can see it happening. I mean, with such a huge push and such a huge, you know, just uh, bringing up of, of the homosexual community, the LGBT community. I mean. Uh, we see that, that that we live in a in a time now where where people are, are are being put in positions of authority not because of their qualifications but because of their nationality because of their race because of you know uh, their culture their background not because of their qualifications right i mean we have uh, president biden who who just who's going to nominate this 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 woman to to the supreme court not based of any not because she's qualified um She's really not, but he says solely on the fact that she's black, she's a black woman. And so we see that, that, that this is just the time that we're living in, right? That, that people would, would rather put, you know, a person of color or a person of, you know, a certain gender or, or, or transgender or, or non-gender, you know, in order to, to push this, this movement of just uh, of equality instead of putting a person who is qualified. And so it's very possible that, 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 that he can be, that he can be homosexual. Right? And, and, and maybe that's one of, the, one of the reasons Why he'll be in power But more than anything um, In the original text what, what this seems to say is uh, He will not regard Neither the God of his fathers Nor the desire of women Meaning that the women Are not going to desire uh, To have him Now in the New Testament When, when, it, when it talks about uh, the Messiah The coming of the Messiah you know, and, and Mary chosen to bear the Messiah For a Jewish woman at that time um, or Even now you know, but for Jewish women, I mean, uh, Jewish women, this was like their, their desire was to be to was to be the one that God uses to birth this Messiah, was to be the one who who brings forth this this Messiah. This Messiah. And so their desire was to bring in this Messiah, right? And so when it says you know that, that he will not uh, have the desire of women, it it, it more better translate to uh, you know that, that that they will have that have no desire for women. It would better translate to sorry. He will not be the desire of women. Meaning, they w- they were going to wish that he was never born from a woman. I mean, that, man, They wish this guy just never existed. They wish he was never born because of the evil things that he's going to do. Crazy. Right? And so it goes on to say, nor regard any God for he shall exalt himself above them all. And so we know that this is speaking about the, the Antichrist because the Antichrist is the one who's going to come in and, and uh, demand that he be worshipped. Right? And so these... These uh, these verses are actually talking about the the, the Antichrist. It's, so it's still for a for, for future time. And so verse 12. Um, we're going to go ahead and get into verse 12. I'm going to go through it fast. And it says, At that time, Michael shall stand up. The great prince who stands, watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as was never since there was a nation. Even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book. And so now we see that Daniel's getting a vision of the uh, of, of the tribulation period so it's extending past past uh, past Antiochus Epiphanes. it's extending past the, the, the nations and kingdoms of men and now he's getting this insight into the seven year tribulation period right and so uh, the angel tells him uh, that, that, that Michael will stand up he says the great prince who stands to watch over the sundry people He says and there shall be a time of trouble which has never which such as never has been since there was a nation. Meaning, since the beginning of time, since the beginning of civilization. He says, they're, they're going to experience this hardship that has never come upon the earth since the beginning of civilization. Meaning, bigger than, 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 than the fall of the Tower of Babel. Bigger than the, than the, than the worldwide flood. Bigger than, than all these things that have happened you know, in, in their past. He says, look man, they're going to go through some things, through some trouble that, that, that's never come upon the earth. Right? We're going to be reading about it shortly. As we read the, the, through the seven seals and the, and the seven bold judgments and the seven trumpet judgments, which, which are the judgments that come upon the earth during the tribulation period. And it goes on to say, there is in that same verse, that second part is, and says, and at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book And so what he's talking about there is a tribulation saying that we're told in the book of Revelation that during the tribulation period, there's still going to be people who are going to be getting saved. A lot of Jews are actually going to come to faith during the tribulation period, as as long as as a a lot of Gentiles. And so interesting that his angels, he's telling him, look, man, he says, your people shall be delivered. Not just his people, but just people in general. They're going to be delivered. He says, everyone who is found living in the book, that book he's talking about is the book of life. I love how the, how the Lord tells us, you know, that, that, that there is a book written, you know, in, uh, uh, called the Book of Life that has everyone's name, you know, who's ever come to faith or is going to come to faith. The Book of Life, right? And so I'm reminded of a of a verse I believe in the, it's in the Gospel of Luke, as Jesus sends out the seventy. Right? He sends them out. He sends them out two by two, and then uh, we're told that as he sends them out, that some of them come back. He sends them out. He commissions them, and some of them come back, and they say, "Lord, uh, man, he, he, we went out there and just like You told us, and and, and, and man, even even the de- even the demons tremble you know, at, at our at our testimony at Your name." And then Jesus told him, told them, He says, "Hey, don't don't be don't be uh, says, don't marvel that the demons tremble, but marvel that Your name is written in the book of life. right?" And so we see that there is a book of life in heaven where everyone's every uh, saint's name is is written in. Right? And it's where our names are written, you know, if we come to faith in the Lord Jesus. He goes on to say in verse 2, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Now, what this is talking about is actually the resurrection. And so we see that, 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 the, that the angel is giving Daniel his insight into a, a resurrection. And this is not the only instance in the Old Testament where a resurrection is mentioned. Uh, but we see that that, that, that that a resurrection has been mentioned ever since the beginning of, of time, right? God, is, God has made it clear to his people that, that there will be a resurrection from the dead. We're told about Abraham as, as God uh, as God told him to, to sacrifice his son Isaac. The book of Hebrews tells us that, that, that Abraham's reasoning was: All right. you know, if 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 I have to sacrifice him, then God is able to raise him up. And so we see that Abraham had this understanding of a resurrection, and it is why we're told that he was justified. By faith, because he had faith in the resurrection, he was like the first person ever mentioned to have faith in the resurrection. We're told about King David. Remember when he committed his sin with Bathsheba, um, that they had their first son, uh, of course, uh, out of sin, and his son, be- and the son became sick and eventually died. Right? And We're told that King David was mourning, and and, and as the people came into town, look, man, your, your son's dead, and they were scared of Tom because they didn't know how he was going to react. And what did King David say? He says. Oh, because oh, once he told me he was dead, he says, All right, bring me some food, let me eat. And they were tripping out, like, Man, you were just mourning all crazy a few, a few moments ago, you know, and now you're hungry. And his words were this He says, He, says, he shall not come to me, but I will go to him. And so we see that King David had this under, understanding of a resurrection as well, you know, of the this, of, of this, of this, of this second life, you know, of, of, a, of a life past death. And so King David had this understanding of a resurrection. Interesting that even the New Testament. Uh, uh as jesus is there in his in, in his earthly ministry we see that 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 we have two religious schools of thought that that were mentioned the pharisees and the sadducees the pharisees they believed in the resurrection they believed in spirits they believed in angels they believed in in miracles still the sadducees did not you know they were the more like uh uh, conservative they only believed in the the first five books of moses and so they they didn't believe in the prophets and so therefore they didn't believe in angels they didn't believe in a resurrection if you guys remember there in the book of acts as, as paul is being faced you know as he's facing the religious council It says that as Paul, he's facing them, he's about to give his testimony before them, and then he notices that it's half pharisees and half sadducees and so what does he say he goes on to tell him look brothers he says concerning my faith in the resurrection because that's why i'm being brought before you and he caused up this this kind of division amongst the council because half were pharisees and half were sadducees and so and so we see that paul even played on that right and so we see that there's been a belief in the in the resurrection uh for for all of you know the the history of god's people it's not something that, that 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 came up you know in the first century like many many heretics like to say there's many uh, uh, false religions cults that say that the teaching of the resurrection didn't come up until the first second fifth uh fifth century right that it didn't come up until until after the apostles that it was something that the early church fathers you know uh made up right and we see that this is false right the resurrection has been and uh, described in the pages of the scriptures in the very beginning and so here's daniel giving some insight into the into the resurrection he says many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and and some to shame and everlasting contempt and here he is giving this this insight into heaven and hell right the one of two places where everyone's going to go once we die and so it goes on to say those who are wise shall, shall shine like the brightness of the firmament and notice this and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever i love that well, that's one of my favorite verses to, to just ponder upon when it comes to evangelism, right? Because not only is he talking about the, the, the tribulation period, just specifically to the, to the tribulation period, but we can apply it to just any time, right? Anytime you turn anybody to righteousness, meaning man, when you enlighten somebody, enlighten a sinner uh, about, about God's grace and salvation and forgiveness and mercy and everlasting life, he says, those who turn many to righteousness shall shall... Uh, it says It will be like the stars Forever and ever That's amazing yeah. Right that, that God will see Hey man If you turn a sinner To righteousness man, God sees you as, as like a star You can, like forever be In heaven man. You're going to be like One of those stars That's always just there For eternity When you look at the, at the, the sky you look at those stars You know You, you, you can always find The Big Dipper Wherever it's at Right I mean Five years Five years from now You're going to look up And you're going to see Still the constellations In their own place They're just there As a remembrance forever You know God's glory and God says hey man you turn somebody from right to to righteousness you're gonna be like one of those stars that's forever and ever it's forever gonna be remembered I love that I love that because every single act of evangelism every every word every word from the Lord that you gave somebody uh, a sinner any any type any time you lighten someone to righteousness tell them about the Lord hey that's gonna be remembered by God forever and ever and ever amazing Right, and So it's worth going out there and evangelizing It's worth going out there and sharing the gospel It's worth going out there and just uh, you know, Desiring to turn somebody from righteousness right? And so verse 4 says But you Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book Until the time of the end Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase Many people take that to believe That, 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 that technology you know, Is going to increase hey, Knowledge will increase right? And so, but it's, what it's actually uh, referring to Is the knowledge of the prophecies Right, so Daniel was receiving this, he didn't know what was going on. He's like, Man, to him, it was just he was mind-blowing. He didn't know all this stuff was gonna was gonna happen. And so uh, the angel tells him, Look, he says, Shut up the word to, and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Many knowledge of these of these of these end times events shall increase. Now, during the tribulation period, we know that the church is not gonna be here, but we're looking all about. Of- all of our battles our behind, right? They're not going to be raptured with us. And so people are going to have this to look to look back to. They're going to have all those sermons that are online, you know, if, if all stuff in, in the internet isn't banned. So they're going to be able to, to look at this and, and, and read all this and now increase and now the knowledge about what the things are going on in and, and their time, they're going to have an understanding. Oh man, this is what's going on now, right? And so that's what it's referring to when it says that knowledge will increase. Now, it goes on to say there in verse 5, Then I, Daniel, looked, and there stood two others... One on this riverbank and the other on that riverbank. And one said to, a, to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, how long shall the, full, the fulfillment of these wonders be? Then I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand to the heaven. And he swore by him who lives forever. And he said, uh, he said that it shall be for a time, a times and a half time. And when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all these things shall be finished." A couple chapters ago, we mentioned, you know, when, when, when Daniel was given the, the, the vision of, of the 70 weeks, you know, we're told that it was a time, a times and a half time. Time is speaking of one year, a times, a, a plural, two years, you know, and a half time. So one plus two plus a half, you know, I mean three and a half years. And so he's saying, hey, this not happened for three and a half years. Uh, prophetic about the seven year tribulation period. We know that only uh, the, half, the uh, half of that is going to be, you know, is when all the judgment comes upon the earth, right? And he says, and once, once the people's, uh, once the whole people has been completely showered, all these things will be finished. And it goes on to say in verse 8, although I heard, Daniel speaking, although I heard, I did not understand. How could he? Right? He's looking into things way into the future. He says, I did not understand. Then I said, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And so he's not understanding. He's saying, Lord, he, says, he says, man, he says, just tell me what's going on. Just give me clarity. Give me understanding. I want to know what's going to happen. Right? He, I want to understand. And notice the, the the answer of the angel says, and he said, "Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end." He says, "Many shall be purified, made white and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand." And from the from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be one thousand two hundred and ninety days. He says, "Blessed is he who waits, and it comes." To the 1,335 days 35 days That's a different number now But you Go your way till the end For for you shall rest And will arise To your inner Inheritance At the end Of the the days And so Daniel is like saying Man I want to understand What does this all mean What's going on I I, I need to I need to know What's going to happen I need to understand And the the angel tells him Go your way Daniel He says go your way Daniel For the words are closed up And then he tells him Look man just go your way Till the end For you shall rest Now God doesn't always answer all of our questions, right? There's so many whys. Why God? Why this? Why that? Why that? You know, there's a lot of things that we're probably never going to get an answer to here on this earth. You know, but so many people, they let that kind of just turn them away from God. They say, oh, if God is so good, then why this? Why that? Why the other? Right? Here's Daniel, you know, a man who was called greatly beloved by God, a man who, you know, was sent Gabriel the archangel and Michael the archangel to him, you know, and who received these awesome visions, and yet God tells him through his angels, he says, you know what Dan just, uh, just don't worry about that <laughs> go your way just just get some rest go your way this is going to happen towards the end this is just, just go rest this is a, you will rise to your inheritance at the end of the days right and sometimes we're petitioning God Lord I want to know this Lord why that Lord why, why did things happen in my life this way Lord why did that have to happen why did this person have to die why did I have to go through this why did I have to go through that trauma why did you know I lose my house why did I lose my job why did whatever You know, all these different things and sometimes the Lord just says, hey, just go your way. Just continue, continue serving me. Hey, just continue on, David. Just continue just walking with me. He says some things you're not meant to know, some things you will know. Maybe maybe in the future, maybe not until you get to heaven. Right? But all these things that we're just petitioning the Lord about, worried about things that just trouble us at night. Man, if I only did this, if I only did that. Why, 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 Lord? How 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 how, Lord? God says, Hey, just go your way. You know, just don't worry about that. Just keep walking with me. And that's what he tells Daniel, hey Daniel, just, just keep walking with me. Look, man, go your way till the end, for you will rest and will arise to your inheritance at the end of those days. Talking about you know, once he's once Daniel himself is resurrected, he says, "Look, you're not, you're gonna rise to your inheritance at the end of those days." Amazing.